You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Well, hey, thanks so much for tuning in to Worshipology today. I'm so excited because I'm talking to my friend Brian Beal, one of the best dudes I met during our entire time in Nashville. And uh, Brian is a drummer, he's a husband, a dad, a worshiper to the max, and uh, excited for this conversation. Brian, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Dude, you got to remind me. So, did we first connect? Was it on Instagram and you were in DC? It was actually we. <laughs> it was we connected through um, through Micah Tyler. Um, oh, that's through right. Instagram, yeah, because he was on tour with us at the time, and we started talking about because we were doing some shows uh, kind of around DC area. And he was like, yeah. "Yeah, he goes, he goes, I I know I know somebody that uh, was is with NCC and all this." And so yep. yeah, he was like, uh, "Curtis Parks, you gotta you gotta check check him out," you know, and. Uh, so I was like, yeah. So we just kind of started like following each other on Instagram and uh, then just started this relationship and this friendship, you know, over the years, which has been really awesome. Oh, man, it's been it's been a huge blessing. I know you and Kim and of course, now you got little Tate. I mean, we love you guys. And uh, you've been touring with Big Daddy Weave for how long now? Man, uh, nine and a half years. Um, wow. J- January will be 10 years. So and just give the listeners like maybe a snapshot of your story. I mean, how did you get involved in not just drums, but music in general? And then like with that specific lens, I mean, obviously Big Daddy Weave on the radio, CCM, you guys have had number ones, but really a heart of worship is kind of thread through all of those songs. And tell us just how you got involved, man. Man, well, you know, obviously music has been such a, a big part of my life since I was a kid, um, you know, um, Several people in my family played music and just got involved in it at a young age and started getting into recording and, um, you know, playing out and doing just different, you know, family reunions and just different little things just to kind of get out and play. But always had the desire to to move to Nashville and to be a musician and, and play music. That's what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. um, I did the whole kind of uh, country scene for a while and played down like on Lower Broadway in Nashville and some of the honky tonks and stuff, kind of getting started, just kind of getting out there and and weekend gigs here and there. Um, but, you know, it's like those those gigs always kind of had this um, highlight for a moment, but then there was really nothing on the backside of that, you know. It was like it was fun mm. to do some shows and do some different things, but it just kind of felt empty. And yeah. uh, my wife and I were talking for a while just like, you know, what is it that I really want to do and what is it that I, you know, want to kind of get into? Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to get into worship and I wanted to get into, you know, something that had a little bit more meaning, you know, and yeah. uh, had more impact. And so just through her kind of just, uh, you know, kind of kind of helping me walk through that a little bit and, and telling me like, hey, you should reach out to uh, this at this time, this guy named Jim, who was at our church. And he you know, was in the music business, he was manager, you know, these different things. And she's like, he's, he's in it, he's doing it. He said, you, she said, you should just go talk to him and kind of see what you can, what you can do. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. So we went, we had coffee and we talked and I just kind of shared with him, you know, like, I want to get in involved in Christian music and, you know, I don't really have an in and I just wanted to, you know, just kind of get my foot in the door 
you know, playing, just, you know, filling in for somebody or, or whatever, just to kind of get my foot in there. And um, he's like, yeah, he goes, I would, you know, if you're not here of anything, I can let you know. And, you know, at that time I was just kind of, I was doing little gigs here and there. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing much. And he calls me um, at that time we, we met, it was like around October and he called me in December and he was like, Hey, I have this opportunity coming up and uh, Big Daddy Weave is going to be looking for a new drummer um, in January. And he goes, is wow. that something you would like to, you know, is that, does that interest you? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd love, to, <laughs> I'd love the opportunity to come and, and to audition and do all that. So mm. I, you know, got that call and a couple weeks later they called and, and were like, okay, here's the audition dates. And they gave me, you know, six or seven songs to kind of learn and, and go through and went and did the whole audition and you know i was i was kind of the odd guy out um if, if you will it was like they didn't know anything about me you know they're kind of like who is this country guy coming in to play you know christian music and wow they knew they knew all the other guys um and, and a couple i mean is, obviously for those that don't know big daddy weave it's it was a couple of brothers that started it right yeah they started in in college you know it was mike mike weaver who's the lead singer um and then jay weaver uh his brother who played bass and then uh, Jeremy Redman playing guitar and Joe Shirk playing uh, keys and sax at the time. And oh, they wow. just, they formed in college, you know, it was around that time when Dave Matthews was, was really popular. And so they had the saxophone and, you know, all, all the kind of jam band uh, kind of thing, <laughs> uh, which yeah. is really cool, you know? Um, and, you know, so it was like, they'd been around for, at that time, it'd been 14 years, um, you know, wow. doing, their, doing their thing. And, uh, the drummer at the time just decided to uh, kind of pursue some other things and uh, decided to leave uh, the band and leave the road and everything. So came in, auditioned, and, you know, the guys were, you know, blown away by what I kind of brought to the table. And we sat down afterward and just had a really great conversation, uh, just getting to talk and uh, kind of learn a little bit about each other. Mm -hmm. And really just found out that we had, you know, kind of in common, just a, a heart for missions, you know, and helping and, and, um, you know, all around the world. Um, we've been kind of all over the place with, um, with different organizations and going around and just seeing kind of what they do in these, in these countries and how they help people all over the world, you know, yeah. and we just had that connection, um, you know, and I feel like it was something that the Lord was really putting in place, you know, um, it, uh, it's so crazy, but they had people praying for that whole process. And, wow. you know, like they obviously didn't know anything about me. They knew stuff about the other guys. Um, but, you know, they got a word that said this person that you're going to hire um, will be uh, highlighted, you know. So there were mm -hmm. there were things that just came up, you know, it's like they didn't know anything about me. You know, I was kind of the odd odd guy. So that kind of was, you know, something that stood out from all the other people uh, that were auditioning. Wow. And, you know, so it was like it was like I was kind of definitely highlighted through that process a little bit. And it was really, man, it was it was just the Lord just kind of guiding that whole process, you know, and he put me in a place that has just been incredible. You know, I want to kind of pause here because it's so interesting. I'm talking to I mean, this this podcast is for worship leaders and worship teams, and we're listening to you share your story. And a big part of it starts with an audition. And I think, you know, a lot of us in our church roles, 
um, maybe got there through an audition for the worship team or as worship leaders, worship pastors, we're auditioning musicians and vocalists. And I want to ask you, Brian, what was that process like in preparing for the audition so that as uh, worship leaders and team members that are listening, we can kind of listen to your perspective in that process and apply it to our context? Because I know it's a huge thing when you when you basically do an audition for a worship team. Uh, some people don't know how to prepare. Some people don't prepare at all. Some people kind of lean on the whole, you know, well, it's all heart and then it's all skill. And I think it has to be a marriage of the two. And what I love about your story is that you brought the excellence in your skill, but then you also had this connection, this heart moment with the band where you got to know each other's story. So just for those that are listening, kind of dive into that process a little bit. What does that look like uh, for an audition and how can we be doing better auditions, not just in skill, but to really hear people's heart? Yeah, um, man. So I kind of, I kind of go a little bit over the top with that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Anytime I am playing with someone, um, you know, auditioning for Big Daddy Weave or, or different things, I want to make sure um, that, yeah, I, I am doing my absolute best and I'm delivering what is expected of me for the role that I'm playing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I went in and it was kind of crazy because at that time we had some family coming into town and got the call, you know, hey, the audition's going to be this day, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, family's in town, but I've, I've got to run these songs. I've got to learn these songs, you know? So we carved out time with my family and everything. They're gone doing whatever. It's like, I got to be home. I got to, I got to run over this stuff. And man, I would sit and I would watch, um, YouTube videos. I would find clips of them playing wow. and I would watch like how they interacted with each other. I would watch their, um, uh, just stage presence. I would watch like, the, the arrangements of the songs, like how they were playing these songs, what changed from the record, you know, that they were doing live. And mm. I, I would set up uh, a video camera and I would record myself playing these songs and go through that whole process. I'd, I'd, and then I would kind of go back and watch it and be like, okay, I'm, I'm playing a little too tense. You know, I need to loosen up a little bit as I'm playing just to make it feel and look like I've been with the band for years you know yeah it's like yeah. i wanted to i wanted to step in that role and them to be like man there's not been a change like it just kind of carried on there was nothing you know that just uh stood out in a bad way you know mm -hmm. um, that's so fascinating I, to me it's so fascinating to me the video piece because i think that's so key especially now through covid how so many churches have kind of up their online game. And I think if you're not doing church online, you're missing a huge opportunity. Absolutely. But, but it also gives a lot of worship teams um, a chance to kind of, you know how like a football team will play a game on Sunday and on Monday they're watching footage. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we missed that play or man, we could have ran this a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the best evaluation tools for a worship team on the side of just tightening up musicianship? Are we smiling on stage? Are we playing together? Do we look like we're having a great time praising the Lord, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and so I love that, man, that you not only watched footage, but then you videoed yourself to kind of see all of those things because playing and worshiping isn't just sonic. It's, it's our full body. I mean, you know, David writes in the Psalms, like raise your hands and bow down. I mean, worship is so much posture yeah. as it is playing and singing. So yeah. I love that, man. Keep going. Cause it's so good. 
yeah, and you know, I I would just watch that, and you know, I really just wanted that to to you know, it's when you when you join a band, you you just want to feel like you've played these songs, you know, a thousand times, like you've got mm-hmm. it down, and you you know the the parts, the feel is there, you know, the groove is there. Um, if there's you know any you know hits or different little things that that's kind of going on you want to make sure you're nailing these things to make it just feel right and so i did that and i and i just rehearsed that and rehearsed it and rehearsed it and would play it and be like no i can tighten this up better and i would go over intros of songs and you know 500 times you know just playing it over and over and over and over just till i could wow get just the phrasing of something to feel right you know and to feel natural mm-hmm. um and be comfortable with it and i think that's really what helped to go into the audition I felt really relaxed, really um, confident in what I was doing, um, and just got in there and just just did what I needed to do and nailed the audition. You know, yeah. um, I just that's that was my whole goal. Like I I wanted it to just make it easy for them to play along to what I was doing. You know, I, I feel like that's being a drummer. You know, that is the foundation. You know, of the music. You know, is having that, that great solid beat there that's consistent you know that the rest of the band can can play on top of and it helps them to play better and to feel more relaxed and comfortable in what they're doing too now let me ask you this because as a drummer obviously you have a different perspective on the music and on stage you're kind of sitting back taking it all in you can see most people in front of you and how important is it like and we we've we've had the opportunity dozens of time brian to 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 lead worship together whether it was uh, at bridges nashville aspen grove or for a different event Um, we've gotten the opportunity to do that how important is it for a worship leader to connect with the drummer on stage because i'll be honest most of these podcasts have been with uh worship leaders artists and songwriters but we haven't yet had a conversation you're the first one where it's been hey my primary role is musician is is to take this um not from the 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 microphone st- spot but really from a musician standpoint so how how important is it for those worship leaders that are listening to hey man connect with your drummer you know don't just leave them behind what what does that feel like for you man yeah, um, and I will say Mike does a really good job of that. Um, and you know, just over the years, we've kind of learned each other a little bit, and you know, the hand signals and the the motions, and I can just kind of tell just in sometimes the way he's holding the guitar and what he's what he's doing. Oh, he's gonna do this, you know, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it just over time, you kind of learn a lot of that stuff. But you know, I think I think in a lot of a lot of music um, outside of of worship and CCM and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's a lot about the high energy and all the chops and all the crazy stuff that can go on. And, and, you know, that's fine and, and great and all that kind of stuff. But in what we're doing for worship, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're taking people on a journey through music in worship. And, you know, mm. my, my, the way I kind of look at it is I'm there to play the song, to, to do what's needed for that song bring the energy that needs to be there, but taking people, you know, into the presence of the Lord, you know, in what we're playing. And, so good. you know, so it's like, yeah, I think being able to have that, that communication with whoever's leading, um, you know, cause it's like, you know, a song sometimes can, can go 
really long depending on the moment and what's happening in the room it's like mm -hmm. hey we need to, we need to take this up a little bit or hey let's bring it down let's have kind of a prayer moment here let's build it back up and go out and you know so it's it can change but i think having that communication and knowing that um a little bit ahead of time is good uh but at being able to read each other um just to kind of feel like with mike i know he he wants to sometimes in the moment he's like feeling something and he wants to to talk or he wants to pray over something, you know, in that moment. So, and mm. being able to sense that from him and being like, Oh, Hey, we're going to take this down for a little bit, you know, and just being able to read that at, in the moment, you know, to come down and just to let him have the, the space to kind of speak for a moment. Um, and then I can just kind of tell and how he's, he's talking and everything. Hey, we're going to ramp this back up and we're going to go back in. We're going to do another course or something, um, you know, to kind of finish it out. But yeah, just having that communication, like I said, it comes from just repetition, doing it over and over and over. Um, yeah. Um, and you just, you like, like, you'll pick up on those little things over time. Um, I, I, I think that's so key. Like, like you can always tell when a band has chemistry offstage, uh, or, or, or I, I guess I would say community offstage, that you can tell that, that leaks into the chemistry they have on stage because they just you can see how they know each other and where you're going. And I think that's so key because sometimes as a worship leader, you're, you're, you're locked into the songs. You're, you know, you're praying with the team. Um, you know, you're preparing all the things spirit wise, practical wise, leadership wise. And then you get up there and without that synergy with the band, things can quickly fall apart. Yeah. And I think that's so key that you're, you're saying this because for, for the worship leaders and the musicians that are listening, knowing that, man, it's so much more than just playing the songs. It's, yeah. it is it, an anointing that gels the team together. You know, I, I would always tell the team uh, when I was leading worship, uh, whether it was with Bridges or at National Community or, or whatever I've been doing, I, I kind of get the team together, especially if it's a brand new band that I'm just stepping in with maybe as a guest. And I say, Hey, like, let's, let's be watching each other. Like, let's not, um, tune out. We've got to tune in to each other as we're tuning in to the Holy spirit and what God's doing in the room. Yeah. And man, let's just pause there. Like, what does that look like? How do you, how do you, as a drummer, um, Man, how do you how do you tune into the how do you play spirit led? Because that's one of the things we ask a lot is how do you lead spirit led uh, when you're when you're kind of on that microphone leading worship? But how do you play with that spirit, tuning into the musicians and what what God's doing and sensing those moments? And and even further than that, Brian, how do you what does it look like to lead worship without a microphone? Yeah, um, you know, I, for me, I was never the the one to to want to be in front. Like I felt very comfortable being in the back. So that's why I play the drums. You know, it's like I'm behind, I can kind of hide behind my drums and do what I do and, and, you know, not be the one kind of out there, um, kind of in the leading position, you know, that was never what I felt like I, uh, where I needed to be, I guess. Um, but man, leading from drums, it, yeah, it's, it is kind of a, uh, a different way of looking at it. And some people will be like, well, how do you, how would, how do you lead from drums? You know, like, but you, mm -hmm. you do, I mean, you, you, uh, you collectively are doing this together. And, you know, I think our, our prayer every night, you know, as, as a band is just like, God, just come and have your way and just do what you're going to do. Like, we're going to, mm -hmm. we're going to play our songs. We're going to, um, you know, do what it is that we're called to do. Um, but God in the midst of that and, and, you know, and I, while that's going on, 
if you come in and lay something on our hearts to be like, ah, actually, we're going to throw this song in the set now because we just feel like in the moment, this is, this is what needs to speak to the people that are in the audience. You know, mm. we're going to, we're going to, we're going to yield to that and do it. Um, we had moments, wow. we had moments for several years where, um, you know, in the middle of our set, we would, we would just kind of stop and several of us would come off stage and we would just go down in front um, and we would just pray for people, you know? Wow. Um, just being sensitive to that moment. And we, we kind of knew like, hey, this is, this is kind of going to happen. We just don't know exactly where. Um, and when, it, when we felt like this is the moment, we would just kind of do that. And our keyboard player, Joe, he would just kind of take over and play a few things on, on the keys while the rest of us would just kind of come down and just, you know, just pray and just be there for people, you know, and really just kind of let them know like, hey, it's not, it's not all about the, the show and the lights and all this kind of stuff. That's fun and that's mm. good, but it's all about having the one-on-one relationship with Jesus, you know, and connecting with him. And if somebody comes and the, 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 what they leave with is that they feel like they've been changed and that they've been restored and they've had an encounter with Jesus, then man, praise God. That's awesome. That, and we, we did our job right. You know, wow. it's like, we don't want to come and then just to be like, oh man, that was just an awesome show. That was so great, you know, and leave. <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's great. And it's fun and everything, but it's like, man, we want people to encounter Jesus and we want people to have a moment where their life can be transformed. You know, if they're really hurting, dealing with something, man, come and sit at the feet of Jesus and just be there and pray and leave things there, leave things on the floor so you can go home and feel free and feel, you know, this big weight lifted off as you leave. Man, I love that spirit because it's, it's like what you, I mean, you guys are kind of coming from that concert perspective, but it's not a show. It's more about, I mean, like you just said, an encounter with Jesus and Brian, if I'm honest, if we can just get real for a moment, I think sometimes that rock show, uh, celebrity mindset has crept into, um, the worship service atmosphere in churches, and I've been guilty of it myself, where, you know, you, you, you're playing with a band and everybody's just crushing it. You're having a blast and there's nothing wrong with that. But you come off of maybe the platform and you, you, you're talking with your bandmates and you're like, man, that was awesome when you hit that on the four or you did this, you know, run or you did this fill, or you did that. And then it's like you, you, you kind of get your mindset shifted all on the performance aspect of it. And you forget like, man, the reason we do this is to help people connect to the presence of God, to see lives transformed yeah. by the gospel. Yeah. And and I mean, what, what do you do to keep that front and center? I mean, what is it that you guys have done for the last decade um, to make sure that, man, it is all about Jesus. It's not about the huge crowds. It's not about, you know, having the number one songs on the radio. Those are all, you know, just kind of frosting on the cake, but it's not the foundation. The foundation is leading people to the foot of the cross. How do you keep that front and center? Yeah, um, I, I think, you know, it's it's one of those, and even from the beginning when, when Big Daddy Weave started, you know, it was, it was never them going out and calling to be like, hey, can we come play here? Can we come do this? Can we come do that? The phone just started ringing for people, of, of people calling them and saying, hey, can you come and do this event? Can you come and do this? Mm, mm. You know, and I think... From, the, from that moment is when it really kind of established, you know, what they're going to do. And it's like, hey, God, if you're going to, if you want this to work and you want us to do what we're doing, then you're going to bring the opportunities, 
you know, and mm. so, and that's the way it's been, you know, from day one, it's like people call and we go and do their event, you know, and sometimes we, we go into it and we're just like, okay, why are we here? You know, what's, what's the mission for Big Daddy Weave to be here, you know? Right, right. Um, and I think having that mindset of going in and being like, you know, they're obviously bringing us here because of the message through the music, you know, and what we're, what we're bringing through the songs, you know, because they're having that connection and they're, they're, you know, encountering Jesus through the music, you know, mm-hmm. and then us going to these events and, and playing these shows and doing these different things, you know, it's like, we're going to come and we're going to minister through our music and we're going to come and we're going to tell the story of what Jesus has been doing through our lives as a, a band and individually, you know, through the songs that we play each night. Mm. And, you know, I think that's, that's just, that's just kind of where we leave it. It's like, okay, we're, we're not about the lights and the, and the, the haze and all this kind of stuff. And we, and we have all that, you know, and it helps with the show aspect of it, but it's like, our goal is to go in and to minister. And I think that's always kind of at the, at the forefront of our minds of just like before anything else, we're going to go and we're going to bring Jesus to these people, you know, regardless of anything else. What I love about that is that you keep the mission front and center. And I think one of the things that was most effective uh, in my past days as a worship pastor, in my current days, as I'm stepping into a new role in Richmond, Virginia, as a worship pastor, is to keep the mission front and center. And I would say, like, even like, you know, in your rehearsal rooms or, you know, in, in the room that the band hangs out in, you know, put put that front and center. Like, what is our mission here? What is the vision of our church? And how are we carrying that out through the gift of music, through the service of worship? And I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking, Brian, of like the, the football teams. I mean, Friday Night Lights is one of my all-time favorite show. Yeah. And you know, what do you say? What do you say? Like clear, what is, uh, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose or something. I, I probably switched those around, but it was like, <laughs> it was like, he said that every single time before they marched out onto the field and the team got pumped up because their hearts and minds were focused on the vision and the mission of what they were about to do. And I think, man, as a worship team, as, as like you're saying, bands that play together, it's got to be more than just about the, the, the music and the performance. You have to have a mission mindset and that's what takes it beyond just surface level, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. You know, um, cause that's, that's, you know, that's what Jesus told us to do. Go into all you know, the world and, you know, preach the gospel and, you know, mm. sh- and share Jesus with everybody, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And everywhere we go, it's like, you know, just because we're doing a, a Christian concert doesn't mean that everybody that's there is a believer. And, um, you know, so it's like going and doing that, <laughs> man, there could be somebody in that, in that crowd that got kind of, you know, pulled along to the, to the night, you know, that may be really struggling with their faith and what they believe and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So it's like delivering a, a, a very clear and precise message, you know, and, mm. and honestly, it just kind of comes down to just something as simple as Jesus loves you, you know, and Mm. it's like just that, you know, can speak volumes for people, you know, because maybe they've heard a little bit about Jesus and they're like, well, who is this guy and what is this? And, you know, but you just kind of plant those seeds and and just bring that, that clear message, you know, of what Jesus spoke and what he told us to do, you know? I think that's huge because sometimes I think we can get 
so in autopilot mode that we just think that everybody in the room is a believer. And when we lead worship and when we lead these songs, um, you know, some of these songs, the lyrics, they, they are being heard for the very first time through the lens of a non-believer or yeah. somebody that has no context for Jesus. And I remember, uh, and you guys actually did this song as one of your singles, uh, Lion and the Lamb. Yeah. Um, and it's one of my favorite worship songs. And obviously, like, it's just so powerful. But for the first time listener who's never read the book of Revelation, has no idea who Jesus is, and you're talking about a lion and a lamb, and they're probably thinking, why are we worshiping animals right now, right? <laughs> and and I think it's so key. Like, you just, you just said it um, a, a minute ago about having that clear message. Like, as a worship leader, taking a moment and saying, hey, this next song comes out of blah, 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 Revelation 5 and 7 that talks about Jesus as the innocent lamb that was slain for our sin. As the, you know, in, in, in Revelation 7, he talks about he's a lion of Judah. He's fierce and he fights our battles for us. You know, and I think taking those moments and I, I love the fact that you just brought that up, like realizing, hey, not everybody here is a Christian. And even those who uh, maybe their faith is in Jesus, but they're struggling right now. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And how do you minister with that? Okay, so I, here's here's if we can kind of go in this direction here. Uh, you talked about kind of the band's philosophy and as as a collective, what is the personal? Um, and it, this could be like a life verse that drives you to do what you do. But what is the the personal um, with Brian Beal? Like like when it comes down to it. What makes you do what you do in the context of musical worship, man? Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, like I said earlier, music has always been something that I've, I've loved and I've dreamed of just, you know, being in a band and, and doing that, you know. Um, but, man, it is, it is so amazing to get done with a show at night. And I'm usually, at the end of the night, I'm usually out in the lobby and, and helping, um, you know, with, um, usually our tour sponsor, um, who's, who's with us, um, you know, just kind of helping them and, and I'm out there and I get to hear, uh, stories from people. They'll, they'll stop me and say, Hey, I, I just need to tell you this, you know, uh, your song, um, uh, redeemed for example, you know, that song ministered so much to me and, it because of this and they'll go into their story and you're just like, Oh my gosh, I, I, that's amazing. Like, and not, mm. it's not something we can, we can do. It's something that the power of God did through, through our song, you know, but it's, but wow. when you, when you think about that, it's like, well, okay, it was, it was our song, but yet it was lyrics that were given by God. You know, it's like God helped to kind of deliver this song you know, and then that song goes out, and that song mm. has touched people's lives, transformed people's lives. Um, I mean, we've we've heard some just crazy stories of just how, you know, in in just an instant, like our song has come on, and somebody hears it for the first time, and they're just like, "Oh my gosh!" And then next thing you know, their whole life has been transformed. You know, not because wow. of what anything we've done, but it's because of what Jesus is doing through us. You know, and for us being obedient in what we're doing, you know, that's that's I think a a big key too. It's like be obedient mm. to what God has called you to, and then in that, you know, you're gonna see tons of just miraculous things happening. You know, wow. I think you're telling me that it's the stories that drive you to do what you do. Yeah, 
It's the yeah. it's the real life seeing it in front of you. I think that's so key because, you know, sometimes we can get siloed off if if we're you know, leading worship every Sunday and we don't go out into the congregation and meet people and hear their stories and connect with the people that we're leading every Sunday. And that happens way too often where, you know, we can just silo ourselves off. And I mean, honestly, like, I think that's one of the biggest game changing moments is when you go out into the lobby and you talk to people that they are singing these songs. And, you know, while it might be like, we've played this song and we've led this song 20 times, maybe somebody for the very first time sang it that morning and God just did something in their heart and changed their life forever. And so you got to get out. Uh, I I think I read a, a book, um, called get out of the green room not too long ago. And it it was just such a great message of like, you can't just silo yourself off and, and separate yourself from the people that you're called to lead. That's just so key, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Being, being attentive and being there being and listening because man, you're going to, you're going to hear where God's working and he, you know, cause he's always working. He's always doing something, you know, and sometimes we can get so caught up in our own, you know, struggles and trials and different things that, you know, you're kind of like, well, God, where are you? What are you doing? You know? And it's like, right, well, right. he's, he's working, you know, a million things behind you. And sometimes you just got to stop and turn around and look, you know? Um, mm. so yeah, just being attentive to that. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of having that, you know, uh, you got to zoom out a little bit, you know, from everything to where you can kind of see it all kind of happening. Man. Well, Brian, I know your wife, Kim, is a worship leader, and you guys lead together, and uh, that's got to be so much fun. Dude, if you could tell our worship leaders that are listening one piece of advice when it comes to leading a band, connecting with your musicians, and even like anything that we've covered today, because it's been just gold after gold, what would be that one thing that you would say, hey, this is what you got to do? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I think first and foremost, you know... Um, Man, you know, coming to these moments, um, whatever it is, if it's, if you, it, like, sometimes my wife and I will do some things that's just very, very small, you know, maybe just 10 people and it's just, we're leading for these, these people, or it could be, you know, a church service or whatever. Um, but I think going into those moments of just like, hey, I, I'm going to come and just be just a part of this moment that I feel like God's going to come and, and do something in, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just really just kind of being open and, and vulnerable and just allowing yourself to be kind of used by God, you know, mm. um, just come in. Um, I, a lot of times, you know, going into a, a moment, you know, I'll just, I'm like, God, just thank you for this opportunity that I take, I get to come and, and be a part of this, you know, um, mm. thank you that I get to be with these musicians. I get to, I get to play music. I get to do this. I get to help lead your people in worship, you know. Um, mm. And may what I may what I do be be pleasing in in that. And may I not be a distraction for people. May I play and do what needs to be done for these songs. But it's not something so out of context that it takes people away from the moment of worship, you know, and being in that moment. Um, mm. Don't you don't want to be a distraction for people. You don't want to be um, something that could hinder somebody, you know. Uh, because of what you're trying to do, you know, something flashy or whatever, you know, in this, it's like, no, just do what needs to, needs to happen. Be, be just kind of sensitive to those moments, be vulnerable in those moments and be open for what the Lord wants to do, you know, in, in those mm-hmm. times, because you might go in and here's our set, we got it all ready. And then, you know, oh, actually, I think we're going to change that. I feel like we need to do this song, you know, and just be open yeah. to those moments, you know, cause it's like, man, 
whatever the Lord wants to do is going to be the right thing, you know? So it's like, right, right. That's a great like, point. You know, it's like, you know, we can, we can kind of plan and think, okay, yeah, let's do this, this, this. And then you get there and you're just like, man, I really feel like the Lord wants to, wants to say this through what we need to sing, you know? And just be like, let's mm-hmm. just change this song and do this, you know? I mean, powerful things come from that, you know? And incredible mm-hmm. stories come from that. Um, but just being willing to be in those moments and to be just, um, just open to, uh, to the change, you know, and to what, um, what the Lord might be doing in those moments. Wow. Definitely don't rush the moment. That's what I'm hearing right there. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Well, Brian, dude, I'm so pumped. We've got a, p- a couple things that we've been able to do. I mean, you've played on the hymns albums that I've put out. You've played on the Bridges Nashville stuff. Of course, you played with Big Daddy for so long and Lauren Daigle and the list can go on and on. <laughs> but but one of the things I'm super stoked that you and I are working on right now, we're actually making a drum bundle, um, like a drum folder for loops and one shots, and it's going to come out real soon. And uh, when it does, we'll be sure to share it uh, in some of the show notes. Um, but I think it's going to be a great thing for like resources for worship songwriters because a lot of the loops that are that are in there are just like straight ahead uh, beats. We're calling it Vanilla Drip, which is just a fun name. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, man, Brian, you're like one of the best dudes on the planet. Thanks so much for joining oh, man. us. Thank you, man. Thank you. I am so honored to be a part of this, and um, you know, just if I can just share just a you know just a little bit of what I know, you know, and just. Thank you for doing that and, and, and getting it out there. Um, but man, thanks for doing what you do and thanks for having me along uh, to be a part of this. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com. <laughs>